Hey, welcome to Hey Ass Foot. Whoa, oh. we got a yell. Hey. Violent. Hey. It's, it's back. Hey. You're Probably welcome. One episode only. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> one night only, folks. You heard it here. You're hating me right now. That's fair. I think I want. Here's one thing that I want our listeners to know that I don't think they know is that every time we have recorded since the beginning of season nine, and I think some of season eight too, uh, to indicate that we are ready to start recording. We will all go in a circle, a spiritual circle, and say, are we Durston? I'm Durston. I'm Durston, too. (laughs) Of course, in reference to the man, the myth, the legend, Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit fame. Their new song, Dad Style, kind of slaps. I'll be honest with you. I think... I don't um, know what that is. So, in the intro to the last episode... You know, we had that um, that whole snapping debacle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck. And so I put that in as a cold open before the intro song. And I think one of us says we're Durston. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we said ready for a clap down or something. There is some like term that we say privately that would ma- that is just nonsense to anyone else. <laughs> That's the point of being friends. Yeah. The point of being friends for a really long time is that you can just say gibberish to one another and you know exactly what you mean. Oh, we know exactly. Yes. Quite. Quite indeed, friend. Guys, I've had a lot of drink today. I've been off, so I've just been sort of drunk. Man, I am am stone cold sober. Wow. This is quite a a role reversal. I'm kind of yeah, in yeah. the middle. But Hell when yeah. I die. <laughs> Travis hey. is constantly kind of drunk. I'm not drunk. I just am um What's the word I'm looking for? Just I've just been in a pleasant buzz all day. You know what I mean? Just I think I started I started pretty early. I started with some hard seltzers and then I remembered I had vodka, so I moved on to that and then I switched back to the hard seltzers because uh, Daddy likes it rough, and here we are, you know? Nice. Back Hell to yeah. vodka. So what are we talking about today before we get into talking about the main thing we talk about, which is, of course, Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! I just started the dark. I'm just kidding. It's been I'm a not, while for one of those since we had one of those babies. <laughs> Check that off your bingo cards now. Yeah. Uh, um... Ari wanted to talk about spooky stuff, it's, right? We are recording on October the 2nd, um, day two into the official spooky season. Halloween is kind of like Christmas in that it has been creeping up earlier and earlier every year. Uh, yeah, I mean, some people start in July, you know? Some people start in July. Personally, I think that official spooky season starts, like, mid-September, You know what I mean? It starts at the fall equinox, which I think is in the middle of September. Yeah, which is mid-September. Even though it's 90 degrees outside. It's, hey, it's fall. Hey! Spooky season starts on November 1st. It's 365 days of spookiness. Yeah, it keeps going until October 31st, (laughs) baby! Yeah! 
Um, but as is our usual tradition, we will be imbibing appropriate horror media, um, candy, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show wings. So yeah, we're gonna talk a little bit about about what we what media we're excited about, what we plan on getting into this month. Hell yeah! So who wants to go first? Um, I'll go first. Hell I yeah! I mean, obviously, this is basically a requirement at this point, but over the garden wall is a must. Oh, absolutely yes, correct. I've is that- also already made some pumpkin soup. I'm definitely going to make it at least two more times. Excellent. I love it. What I respect, Travis, is the dedication to, like, only eating pumpkin shit in its appropriate season. Because you can technically, they they can pumpkin. Like, you can eat it all year round if you want to. Oh, yeah. I've had this canned pumpkin since last year. Yes. I could have had it at any point. Yep. But. I had to save it for post-fall equinox. Yes, which is September 22nd. I just looked it up. Nice. <laughs> um, I will say one thing I'm really excited to watch, and that is the new Mike Flanagan show, Midnight Mass. I've heard oh, some yeah. people talking about it. Um, yeah. It is about an extremely religious community, in like Maine, which gives me big uh, S King vibes, a little Stevie King going on, nice. um, but very isolated, like island community. It's about this guy who comes back who's lost his faith after going to prison, and he gets back, and apparently there's this new pastor in town who's like performing miracles and shit, and everything goes insane, and it looks amazing. Uh, Mike Flanagan is the same guy who did The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. Ah, okay. And I haven't seen Hill House yet, but I really, really liked Bly Manor. Um, so I'm expecting good things. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. I haven't, no. Is it's, this a, like, Mike Flanagan extended universe? Like, are Hill House and Bly Manor in the same universe? So they're both... Sort of, kind of. They're both adaptations of, um, like, popular horror ghost stories. So mm. The Haunting of Hill House um, is based off of The Haunting of Hill House, which I think is by the same woman who who wrote The Lottery, actually. Ah. Um, the short story we all had to read that traumatized us as fucking children. Remember that? I actually didn't read the lottery until uh, my freshman year of college. Oh, shit. Really? Really? Yeah. I read it in high school. Shirley Jackson. Shirley Jackson. Yeah, I don't know why. It was just not... um, Hmm. Yeah. But no, The Haunting of Hill House is, like, way better than The Haunting of Blight Manor, too. Hmm. But The Haunting of Blight Manor is an uh, 80s adaptation of... The Turn of the Screw. Oh, okay. Which was another short story I had to read in high school. Well, novella thing that also traumatized mm. the shit out of me. So, yeah, I will say Bly Manor is still really good, though. 
So. Also, um, I really like Bly Manor. I will go ahead and say mm-hmm. I want to give I want to give the Haunting of Hill House uh, a a watch. Um, I, I don't know why I haven't. You, you guys know how I am. Sometimes I'm just like, I'm not gonna watch this right now for no particular reason. That's how I was with Hannibal for years. Like oh, I yeah, knew Hannibal too. was something I was gonna really love, so I put it off. You know, put it off for a special time. I mean, that's how I was last year when you were recommending it to me, and I'm yeah. honestly kind of kicking myself for not watching it while it was on Netflix. Because now I have to watch it on Hulu with ads, and it ruins the vibe. You're right. Yeah. yeah you fuck. should uh, feel that punishment. Because it's you like, should. hey, here's a dude ripping his skin off to escape this grisly scene of bodies covered in wax and sewn together. Mm, uh, yes. And now, here's an ad about taking selfies. Like, okay. You know, I might give Hannibal a rewatch. Uh, the spooky season. Yeah. That's I, how I mean, fucking good it is. I'm working my way through it in mm-hmm. this spooky season. And I gotta say, it's very fitting. Very spooky. Oh, very I spooky. have to take my time doing it. because. So here's the thing with that. Mm-hmm. Is I do most of my watching stuff while I'm eating something. Uh. Uh. However... <laughs> With Hannibal, that's a bit of an issue. Yes, I have discussed this in our Discord server. Um, I cannot do that. <laughs> I literally, the scene I just described, I sat down to eat like a pork rice bowl. Oh, with, no. You know, with like cuts of pork in it. Mm. And then I watched this dude like rip his skin off and I was like, well, let's choose something else for right now. Have you, <laughs> are you familiar with what humans are often described as tasting as? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Listeners, it's pork. Okay, so I... I need stronger stomachs. Uh, you shut the hell up, sir, because <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I also got through... I got through the first season of Hannibal, could eat during it, was completely fine. Got through most of the second season. And I'm not sure you're at this part, Travis... No, I'm only like very early into season two. Okay, I'm gonna. It's it's kind of. I'm gonna describe it pretty vaguely, um, because it's just I don't know. It's just the story I really. It's not really a story I enjoy, but I'm gonna share it right now, and uh, you know, you guys can't stop me because I have a microphone. So, shush. Um, but. It's a scene where a guy is cutting off, like, parts of his face and his nose. Whoa. And it literally is so... Dis- it, I was... I am not kidding. I was eating cherry jello. <laughs> and this As was... You do. at The worst possible thing to be eating during that scene. I mean, the fucking worst. The only thing I could think of that would be worse to eat... During a scene where dude's cutting his fucking face off and his nose off. The only thing worse I think you could be eating is like actual human flesh. You know what I mean? I would definitely put you off if you were just eating raw human flesh. I was eating cherry jello and I was like, I can't eat during Hannibal anymore. And I (laughs) stuck to that for the entirety for like the rest of season two and all of season three. Nice. Uh, And yeah, I don't know. 
And it's weird because I can watch other horror stuff and it's fine. I think what it is with Hannibal is that Hannibal is all about food. Yes. Yeah. And that's definitely part of it. Yeah. Like it's and honestly, the food looks amazing in Hannibal. Like one of the things that makes it such a pleasure to watch is just seeing Hannibal, seeing Mads Mikkelsen cook. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But then, you know, it's like, that's not cow liver. It's a human liver. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah. So, uh, Kat also started watching Hannibal to, like, just sort of see what it was about. And there was a scene where Hannibal's, like, you know, cutting up a filet or something. And she sent me a thing that was like, you know, I, I'm still really grossed out by, like, meat on a cutting board. And I was like, would it help you? If I told you that it's technically human meat, and she was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but yeah, for our listeners, Cat is a vegetarian mm-hmm. and has not eaten meat in several years. Six, I believe. Wow, Damn. six or seven, something so. like that. What about you, Ben? Are you getting up into any spooky business? Yeah, I, there's a couple movies and shows. Like, of course, I, w- I really want to watch Midnight Mass. I may start it after we get done tonight. Uh, there's a new Conjuring movie that looks pretty dope. I kind of just love that series. Uh, then also, there's a new movie called Malignant. And I've been staying extremely clean on it. But near as I can tell, it's supposed to be sort of a possession movie. Like the Google description is paralyzed by fear from shocking visions. A woman's torment worsens as she discovers her waking dreams are terrifying realities. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything about Malignant for you. Can I tell you what I have heard the reaction has been? You know, when I say I stay clean on something, I don't even read reviews. Oh, okay. I won't say it. But I will go ahead and say this. We almost watched Malignant Malignant for uh, LSA last month because Jake Abel is in that movie. Yep. Oh. Yeah. It was one I was of like, the choices. I feel like we mentioned it recently. I was like, why did mm-hmm. we do that? And it's yeah. because of that. Yeah. So, but I shan't say anything else. Cool. Um, uh, any, anything so else you're getting into? There's a new Saw movie that I kind of want to watch. I have, like, very low expectations a for. Saw movie? There's a new Saw movie? Yeah, it's called Spiral from the Book of Saw. It has both Sam Jackson and Chris Rock in it. And the original Jigsaw Tobin Bell as well. Uh-huh. So, is it a follow-up to Jigsaw? Or is it just another movie set in the Saw universe? I think it's the latter. I think it's just like someone might be like a copycat killer or some shit. Kind of like in uh, Saw 3 or 4. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the plots of like 4, 5, and 6. Yeah. I Can I go ahead and say this? This is the only Saw movie that I even have just the tiniest fucking bit of interest in. And it's yeah. because I can't imagine Kevin Hart as anything other than like, bah, I'm Kevin Hart. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, I just can't imagine him in a fucking, like in a fucking Saw movie. You know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart is not in this movie. Oh, I thought you said Kevin Hart. Who did you say? The Rock and, not The Rock. <laughs> 
Sam, Chris Samuel Rock Jackson. And Samuel L. Jackson. Right? Chris Rock. Okay. I also can't imagine Chris Rock yeah. in that role. <laughs> well, see, I can because I watched him in Fargo. Yeah. And he was okay. excellent in that role. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's stone cold. So good. Sam Jackson, I can definitely see in it for several movies, but in particular, Glass. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, have you seen Black Snake Moan? Uh, yes, actually, I have. That movie was fucking traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen so many horror movies since I became friends with, um, I won't name names, but he's a co-host on this podcast and his name is Travis. Uh, um, <laughs> but since becoming friends with he who must not be named, I, um, have seen so many fucking horror movies. And to this day, I think Black Snake Moan is like one of the like most traumatizing movies I've ever seen. And it's not even a horror movie. Technically. Yeah. So fucking upsetting. <laughs> it's more of a thriller, but yeah, it's very upsetting. Yeah. It's a uh, Sam Jackson basically like keeps Christina Ricci captive. Yeah. Ah. Uh. Because she's uh, easy. And he's like super religious. Yeah, he kind of like tries to beat the uh, sex worker out of her. Yeah, gotcha. and it's about as problematic as it fucking sounds. Yeah, here's the Google description. After her lover, Justin Trim Timberlake, leaves to serve in the military, Ray, played by Christina Ricci, gives in to her raging libido and leaps into a life of wild, ab wild abandon. Lazarus, played by Sam Jackson, a troubled bluesman, finds Ray beaten and left for dead. He takes her in and holds her captive in an attempt to, to help her find a cure for her affliction. So this is kind of just more sad misery it's did you just tell me that justin timberlink was in this movie I did. Uh, yes he is he's probably got like a blip if i remember right it's I, I don't remember him at all so it's a very big part it came out a really long time ago um i mean not a really long time ago but it can't yeah it's it's a couple you know a couple years old and uh and by a couple years i mean like you know uh over 10 <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say Black Snake Moan is as upsetting as the movie Tusk. Oh my God! Yes, yes, yeah. correct. Yeah, you are right. <sighs> just, just you know, it's one of those movies where it's like, I think I went through a phase where I was like, yeah, I'm watching this because I want to brag to my friends about how many fucked up movies I've seen. Yeah. And I am here to tell you right now that phase is fucking over. And um, I'm probably never going to watch Black Snake Moan or Tusk ever again. I will say, do you want to guess what rating Black Snake Moan has on IMDb? I'm going to guess a two, a 6.9. Yeah, it's a, it has a nice rating. You know? Oh, no. <laughs> you you got it. No. You got it. You got it. I literally, like, as Ben was saying that, I pulled it up on IMDb and I was like, <laughs> I do not have it up on IMDb. I completely guessed. Mm -hmm. And I was right. Real quick, I want to talk about something that I have already gotten into. So it's not technically something I'm looking forward to watching in this the spooky season. 
but it is. But it's what you kick. It's what you kick the season off with. It it is what I kick the season off with because I literally I do not binge. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I'm not a binger. Um, even Hannibal, a show that I fucking love, a show that I will dare say is probably like my favorite television show ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't binge. Like I watched like a couple like, you know, maybe two to three episodes a night, right? Um, This show I have fucking consumed in, like, two days. Three tops. And that is what we do in the shadows on FX. Y'all, it is so fucking good. It is so good. I watched the first season last year. It's a really good show. Yeah. Have you seen the movie? I did see them. I saw the movie before I watched uh, the show. Yeah. Um, it's, god damn, is it good. It's, for those of you who don't know, What We Do in the Shadows was originally a movie out of New Zealand. Um, the, it was done by the, um, like, uh, one of the Flight of the Concords dudes, and also. Oh, uh, yeah. Jermaine Clement. Yeah. And then the guy who directed, like, Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Um, yes. Yeah. So it's basically a mockumentary about vampire roommates in the modern day, and it's fucking hilarious. And the TV show is just as good. Um, and it's got like two seasons fully out, and it's in its third season now. And you have to watch. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Um. Not spooky though, but it does have vampires oh. in it. Yeah. It has all. It has all like, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, and spooks like a duck, it's a duck. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it has all the trimmings of like a spooktacular movie. Yes. Uh, or a spooktacular TV show and movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also I prefer the TV show because it has. Like, one of the guys from the IT crowd, the guy that plays, like, the boss's son. Yeah, I cannot remember his name, but he is so fucking funny. I He's... think, is it uh, Matt Berry? It is uh, Matt Berry, right. yeah. yeah. Um, so, they added a girl vampire to the show, and she's great. Her name is uh, Nadja. Nadja. Yeah. Nadja. I, they, they pronounce her name so many fucking different ways. But, like, to give a couple of plots of great episodes just to whet your appetite um there's an episode okay so well hold on i'm gonna rewind a little bit so every once in a while i see a post on tumblr because i'm one of three people who still has a tumblr that i go on regularly um and every once in a while i see a post on tumblr that's like you know vampire stories are great but they never talk about the nitty gritty stupid shit about being immortal right like I I saw a post recently and I don't have it saved so I can't give you you know the person who wrote it or even most of the details but it's like can you imagine being immortal and you go to a museum one day and then you see like some personal letters you wrote to a friend you know (laughs) just fucking sitting in this goddamn museum so what we do in the shadows is basically that tumblr post times 100 and it's fucking great it's like hey when you're immortal and you've lived for a really long time you know 
you don't know the age of the Rat Pack. Because <laughs> time has no meaning to you. So you come across a Rat Pack, like, impersonator group, and you just think that he they're the Rat Pack. <laughs> because they see, like, there was this part in this episode where Matt Berry's vampire is like, Hey, Frank, I don't remember you being Chinese. And the, <laughs> and the, and the Frank Sinatra impersonator is just like, ring-a-ding-ding. And Matt Berry says, my mistake, carry on. And it's fucking hilarious. Because of, just because you're immortal doesn't mean you have a good memory. Like, yeah, um, That's great. There's an episode where one of the vampires is in, like, you know, pillaged and burned the village of another vampire in the show 200 years before she was born. Um, Yeah, it's just great. I think my favorite, one of my favorite moments is there's this vampiric council. And they got, for this vampiric council, Tilda Swinton... Um, Danny Trejo. Oh, man. Paul Rubens. Uh, Ever Rachel Wood. And Wesley uh, Snipes. <laughs> okay, yeah, Wesley Snipes is great. That's a good one. <laughs> but here's the thing. They are all vampires on the vampiric councils, but they don't have character names. They just get called by their real names. And yeah. the implication <laughs> is that Tilda Swinton is just a vampire, which, yeah, I yeah, can fucking I see that. it. That's amazing. It's <laughs> such a good show. Please watch it. I, I, 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. You can see it on mm-hmm. Hulu. Um, my favorite character is Guillermo, because of course it is. Uh, yeah, really, really funny. Very easy to watch. My favorite um, episode is the one with Reese Darby and the uh, the werewolves. Because we're werewolves, yes. not swearwolves. He keeps yes. yelling that the werewolves are swearing. It's so goddamn <laughs> funny. And the movie... And then they have... Oh, sorry, go on. No, in the movie, what? No, I was just going to say the movie is also really good. So mm. watch that as well. But you don't have to watch, like, one before seeing the other. Yeah, um, that's what's perfect about it. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. There's so, so many in jokes. It's like if you if you like the caliber of comedy and how Letterkenny does their shit, definitely watch yeah. what we do in the shadows. You'll love that. You'll dig that vibe very much. There's oh, man. um a vampire who's a psychic energy vampire and his whole thing is he just like drains your energy by annoying you or yeah talking just like talking to you it's really doesn't funny. he doesn't he work in like hr or some shit or isn't he like the supervisor of like an it office he works he's in like an office worker um yeah. and he literally just goes up to his co-workers and he's like working hard or hardly working and then they fall unconscious <laughs> 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 looks like somebody's got a case of the mondays <laughs> yeah that's incredible. <laughs> oh, it's great. So that is my new like obsession right now. I have, mm. uh, and I'm not kidding when I say I have binged the shit out of it. And mm. it's another one of those shows that I, I heard about, you know, they were making a TV show like when it came out and I just mm. saved it because I was like, I'm going to like this too much. I have to wait until it's the, t- it's the appropriate time. So. Yeah, you still haven't watched Stranger Things, and it's been four falls since the first season came out. You know, 
you're right. And maybe I'll <laughs> maybe I'll never watch Stranger Things. Maybe that's my other fucking Breaking Bad slash Game of Thrones slash The Sopranos slash Walking Dead. Out of those shows, Breaking Bad is clearly the one you should watch. I mean, you're I right. Think it's, yeah. I would also, say watch Breaking Bad to get set up for Better Call Saul. That's the only reason to watch Breaking Bad. Oh, and fucking, what do you think of El Camino, Travis? I mean, it was basically just, it was just Breaking Bad, the movie, the continuation, you know. Breaking was, Bad, the it, movie, an apology to Jesse Pinkman. Yeah, it was like <laughs> the epilogue. Yeah. It was all right. I think they would, they just made it because they wanted to make Jesse suffer more. Yeah. I have a question. And honestly, this question could be a whole another beginning part of an episode. So let me know if you guys want to save it. But if there is, what is one character who you feel needs an El Camino style movie to get an, like an essentially a, an apology from the writers for? Serious Black. You're right. Yeah, damn. You just had that answer on fucking lock, and you're right. I mean, that's a good fucking answer. (laughs) Just pile on all of the. Just pile on Remus Lupin and James Potter into that. Like. (laughs) The entirety of Harry Potter. Like, someone gets it from J.K. Rowling, and it's just an apology. That's what it is. Uh, It's not even another television show. It's just like an I'm sorry letter. (laughs) No, it's it's. Every book is I'm sorry. Here's a better version of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Ooh, yeah. And it's yeah. less mm-hmm. fucking written by a turf. Yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, that's my answer for like, I guess we're going to save that for another episode. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, yeah. it's a good question. Um, mm-hmm. I have my answer, but I think it's technically a spoiler for Supernatural, so I'm just going to text it to Ben real quick ah, and not share don't, it with Travis. Don't accidentally put it in our group chat. I shan't! <laughs> I opened the group chat immediately. No, I'm just <laughs> That's exactly why I said don't do that. I fucking knew it. Oh my god, when I search you on my phone, only the three group chats I have with you, Ben, come up? Okay. That's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Um, All right. Speaking of supernatural, is it time? <laughs> yeah, I believe, I believe it is. I think you're right. I think it is time to talk about today's episode, which is definitely oh. not I'm No Angel, and is 100% <laughs> an episode I've already forgotten the title of. Travis, this week's <laughs> episode is called Heaven Can't Wait. What's it about? So... Sam and Dean find out what Cass is doing and they find out that he's working for a call center. And so, but he doesn't have like a personal phone because he's an angel and you know, whatever. And uh, so they keep trying to call the call center, but they keep getting put on, put on hold until they finally get cast, but then cast puts them on hold. I guess that's what they mean by heaven can't, 
can't wait. <laughs> Roll the fucking clip. Yeah. <laughs> So, I um, I will say this is the second episode of season nine that I have enjoyed. Fucking really? Yeah. I feel like this is going to be a very divisive episode amongst the three of us. I'm really? excited. You know, usually we do kind of agree on what are the good episodes and what are the bad episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but every once in a while, we co- we come to blows. I'm not saying this was a great episode. I'm just saying I had a pretty good time. Um, Ben, okay. what do you think? I got so fucking bored watching this fucking episode. Like, Ari. Oh, go on. Oh, that's pretty much it. Ari, what about you? Ari, what do you think? I liked this episode. I'm in the Travis camp. I like this episode a lot. I actually like a lot of the cast-focused episodes, but this is possibly one of my least favorite Dean episodes uh, in the show, which is saying okay. something. I did like the cast parts. I found a lot of the other parts of this episode just to be like, why are we doing it like this? This is just meh. Like, I feel like the phone call to Abaddon could have been like a cutaway gag. And it didn't really have to go as long as it did. And I think if we had just spent more time with Cass, Dean, and Ephraim, I think I would have enjoyed it more. Because I liked what Ephra- I, I thought what Ephraim was doing was interesting, and for interesting reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just got really bored with, like, of course Crowley is pissed at Abaddon and whatnot. Of course he's, like... Of course, Abaddon is just trying to fuck with him and shit. Right. See, yeah. I, I thought, okay, here's what I thought. And in the beginning when Crowley, like, set up, was like, I'm going to make a call. I, I, and, okay, getting tongue-tied. Okay, so Sam was like, what's the big deal if he calls Abaddon? And I was like, ah, Crowley's going to call Abaddon? That's weird like i thought he was just going to call another demon or an ally he has who also does the blood call phone thing and then when he called abaddon i was like this is fucking stupid why the fuck would he have this conversation but then i realized that the call with abaddon was a red herring he didn't that's not what he was actually going after what he was going after was the blood yes Mm. The, yeah, the we human get that, blood. Yeah. That little bitty shot at the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that was what the whole thing was. But yeah. I think also, like, as an audience, we know that Crowley and Abaddon are at odds. But I think also because of this being the nature of this being a, like, pre-Netflix era show... 
meant to be watched week to week, we had to be reminded that um, Abaddon and Crowley Abaddon, got beef. Yeah, that they had that beef. So yeah. that's what that was. And also, we, we hadn't really, like... I think we've only ever seen the establishment that they're at odds, like, one other time. So it was basically just a little reminder. Mm. Um and just another little like, you know, Abaddon cameo. Yeah. I did like their little back and forth. Yeah, I, I, just I think... also I did like the uh, being kept on hold gag that was very funny to me. Oh yeah. I will go ahead and say though that Ben, I do agree with you. The Sam Kevin Crowley show was not what I was here for this episode. It was one hundred percent cast. It was that baby, and it was Ephraim, the big bad of this episode, who is a tragic, to me at least, a tragic character. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, like many of the angels this season, I don't really hate them. I just kind of feel bad for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except for the guy who's doing the evangelical thing. Like, he can go fuck himself. But everyone right. else, I was kind of yeah. like, every, every other angel, I'm just like, oh, you're just trying to figure it out, and you're mm-hmm. not doing so great at that. <laughs> not doing so hot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Cass, Cass is just great. I mean, he's just a great character. And, oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I liked him hanging out with the baby. Yeah, his his whole deal this episode was fantastic. Like him mm-hmm. being human, having a job, um, getting the old tro- like that's a trope, right? Like being asked on a date when really you're you wind up like doing a favor for the person who's going on a date with someone else. Yeah, that is definitely a trope. I guess it um, is a trope, but I will go ahead and say that this is a very sloppy example of that trope because, like, I just can't imagine a human being going up to somebody else and being like, hey, I'm going to ask you in the vaguest way to babysit my literal fucking baby. Yeah. So, the way I see that is... We were experiencing that conversation through mm-hmm. Cass's point of view. Mm-hmm. And as, you know, Castiel, as a person who is still learning the ropes of interacting with humans, it felt very like on brand with how vague she was. Because maybe. If maybe to like another person's ears, it would have sounded like, hey, I have a date. Can you babysit my kid? Uh, Whereas Castiel doesn't know how to pick up on like those social cues. This kind of falls back into Cass being autistic coded. I I guess, but I don't know. I mean, she just didn't mention her. Like, did she mention her baby at all in that first conversation? Um. Yeah. She mentioned being a mom a few times. Yeah, and mm-hmm. she said she like never has a day off or anything and and basically was like, and I know you're free tomorrow night, so uh, you know, do you wanna come over or whatever? 
But at no point was she like to watch my fucking kid. I don't know. It just. But that that's part of the trope. I understand that it's part of the trope. What I'm saying is the trope's fucking dumb. It's stupid. Yeah. Like, I, I get that it's supposed to be for comedy reasons, I guess. Ha 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 ha. ha. But yeah. I don't I don't get it. I don't I mean, get it. it. It it is kind of for comedy reasons, but I think it was a, a I I think it highlighted Cass's character very well. Yeah. And also, Cass I I enjoyed watching him be at his job. Mm. Mostly because he's definitely only being paid seven twenty five an hour. <laughs> oh yeah, he and doesn't he know what workers' rights are. Literally everything. Yeah, he is very clearly homeless. Uh, we have a scene where um, his boss Nora, the woman who totally is not clear about the fact that he, he, she wants him to babysit her fucking kid. Um, we have a scene where she finds his toothbrush and toothpaste, which are human things that he needs now to do his normal human tasks. Um, and also his sleeping bag. And his response to that is, oh yeah, I just want to be here to do inventory, like extra good. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The... Let's talk a little bit about Ephraim, because I was kind of into him as a big bad this episode. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I It was like, you know, cool motivation, still murder. Yeah. So his whole thing was he was taking pain. His whole thing is that he was an angel who used to mercy kill other angels that were too far gone or heal them if they could. But now mm -hmm. he's down on earth and he's like freaking the fuck out and doesn't know what to do. So he's basically putting humans out of their misery. But his idea of what like is too much pain to go on living anymore is way out of whack. So in the cold open, he goes to a man who is like talking to the suicide hotline and contemplating suicide, but then decides against it. Right. You mm -hmm. know, and Ephraim's just like, Oh, well time to go burp and kills him. But then the next time we see him do a murder, it's to a teenage girl who's just been broken up with by her boyfriend. And clearly, Teenage breakups, like, they suck at the time. A crush is called a crush because it crushes your heart. But <laughs> at the end of the day, she would have gotten over it and moved on. But Ephraim can't understand that. And it's super fucked up what he does. But that's part of what makes him such an interesting big bad. Um, and then, of course, his last potential victim would have been Castiel, uh, who he says he found because he just followed Cass's pain. Um, and yeah, I, I thought he was a pretty interesting character. I really enjoyed his whole gig, and I kind of wish we'd gotten to see more of him. Yeah. So he, his his whole type, like, every time they need a new type of angel, they just introduce one. They're just like, 
oh, this angel? Well, this is a special subclass of angel called the Brickabade. And this particular angel can super smite people in a way that's completely <laughs> painless. Yeah, he's like a medic from TF2. Yeah. Yeah, what? It's <laughs> a joke for Travis. For what now? Um, and their names are the Ritzian. Yep. Ritzion. Uh, <laughs> I think the, the way Major Collins pronounced it in this episode sounded like Rita Zian. Yeah. Yeah. But it's spelled R-I-T space Z-I-E-N. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know if that's like because it's Enochian or something. Guys, I it may did have just not, been. You did didn't not, what? I did not fucking do a freak of the week. We, it's just an angel. Episodes. We don't need a freak of the week. Yeah. yeah. Also, they made this kind of angel up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just did a quick Google, and yeah, no, that's not a thing. But enough people yeah. did think it was a thing that a lot of people have Googled Ritzian Bible. I'm just gonna call him Ritz Craggers. There you go. <laughs> he was a white dude. Yeah. He was indeed. I a thought white dude. it was interesting of Ephraim. Ephraim was basically a Castiel fanboy. Yeah. Which I thought was an interesting spin on him because it's I so far every angel that Castiel has encountered, it's basically like what in the goddamn Right. Yeah. <laughs> what in the great goddamn? Yeah, <laughs> it's people being like, "It's you." Yeah. Um, and Cass is like, "You shot me in the head," and they're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we go up to your suite at the at the tops, baby, and then we can fuck? Dang. <laughs> is that not what happens? <laughs> and then Odo time. from Deep Space Nine is gonna fucking mansplain libertarianism to you. Hey. <laughs> Quick Deep Space Nine aside, but both the actor who played Odo and the actor who played Quark were in. Um, so the actor who played Odo is Mr. House, mm-hmm. right? But then the actor who played Quark is Andrew Ryan. From Bioshock. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. And I was like, what are the fucking odds that, like... And they're always in scenes together. Um, Deep Space Nine, also a very good show. Check it out. That's amazing. But they're in scenes together a lot of time. And Odo's always, like, trying to catch Quark being awful and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, what are the odds that these two actors have both played, like, libertarian, you know, guys in (laughs) video games? I don't want to be, like, um, bad guys, because at least in New Vegas, you had the option to, like, side with Mr. House, so mm-hmm. you really can't call him, like, a villain. And also, the yeah, leader just... definitely the villains of that game, so. But uh, do you know about the Bioshock uh, Easter egg in <clears throat> Fallout New Vegas? Uh, no, what's the Bioshock Easter egg? If you kill Mr. House with a golf club... You get an achievement called, um, I don't know, it, it's an Andrew Ryan quote. I don't know if it's a slave obeys or a man chooses, but it, it's one of those phrases that he says. I definitely killed Mr. House, but it wasn't with a golf club. Yeah, uh, I've killed the shit out of him in my most recent playthrough. <laughs> Hell yeah. But um, but yeah, you if you kill him with a golf club you get this special little Easter egg achievement. And I think that's wonderful. 
I'm telling you, man, no gods, no masters. That's the way to do it, you know? Yep. Go that route. Get Yes Man to do all your shit for you. Okay, so back to the episode day supernatural. Um, I'm so sorry to the Spanish language. I know that's not how that works. Um, yeah, every every angel that meets Cass is all is always like, "You fucking asshole! You slept with my sister, and I hated that in particular because she's also your sister." Or they're like, "I've heard of you. You're the one. You're the one that did it. They said we couldn't, but you, you son of a bitch, you really did it. You made a decision on your own." Without Michael having to wipe your ass for you. And that is just 100% every angel's reaction. Nobody's ever like, hey, bud, how are you? You know? I don't know. Except for that one time with uh, Balthazar. But he's dead now and doesn't count. Mm-hmm. But this is an angel who's in the cast fanboy camp. And he's doing his fucking best. Yeah. And his best is actually really bad because a lot of people have died. <laughs> Also, a little aside, his first victim is actually, so he's possessing somebody, somebody who he found through evangelical preacher, Buddy Boyle, Mm -hmm. um, which means it's like that thing again, you know, that happened back in I'm No Angel, I think. Um, And uh, his wife was Ephraim's first victim, and the sheriff describes her as an atheist and a deeply unpleasant woman. And I was like, guys, 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 stop your madness. Okay. (laughs) If anything, atheists are the best fucking people in the supernatural universe because they see evidence that God exists every day. And they're just like, (laughs) fuck you. Fuck you. And I think that's great. I love that. I mean, but she could have been the kind of atheist that goes to parties and is like, but I'm an atheist. No, I'm just kidding. Go on. You can keep talking. (laughs) No, that was it. Just like, you know, the insufferable atheist that will only talk about that when they're drunk. I, as a sufferable atheist, occasionally, I defend insufferable atheists. Those are my family members that I wish would shut the fuck up sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> you really cannot have any fun anymore. Uh, it's all just like, well, actually, the science says, well, I don't want to know what the science says sometimes, you know? Yeah. I just want to go to bed and yeah. chill out. <laughs> just kidding. Science is important. Okay. Um, not always. Oh, like 100% of them. <sighs> okay. But yeah. Do you want to talk about Dean this episode and how much I fucking hated him? Yeah, so why did you hate Dean so much? Because I yeah. fucking... Okay, so here is Dean. Here is the fucking timeline of events from Dean this episode. So he gets a call from Cass. And Cass is like, hey, I think I have a case for you. Four people have died. And his first sentence is, well, hello to you too. Dean. You kicked Cass out. You made him homeless when he was in a super vulnerable position. You do not get to be an asshole to him. And then he goes to Cass's job where he fucking works and is like, you're better 
better than this. First of all, the classism is unreal. Dean, you are blue collar. Absolutely blue collar. Like you're technically a hunter and you don't have a job, but hunters in this universe are definitely blue collar workers. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, so shut the fuck up. Like you and Cass are comrades. Um, being a gas station clerk is fucking difficult. And again, he's in this position because of you. Like, not the human position, but the whole having to work for a living, being in a very unsafe situation. Dean this season has gaslit, gatekeeped, and girl-bossed his way through six fucking episodes and is still shitty to literally everyone. Like, he gets to sit on his high horse and be like, Cass, I just don't understand why you don't want to say hi to me. Well, maybe he's fucking pissed because you rejected him again, you piece of shit. (laughs) I did enjoy the part where he's like, I can't let you go on this date with your fucking stupid vest on. To which Cass heartbreakingly says they're the only clothes he has. Dean, all the money you have, you fucking steal. Can you take some of the money that's not yours and buy your friends some new goddamn clothes, you piece of shit? Maybe a fucking air mattress so he doesn't have to sleep in a sleeping bag? Or better yet, a goddamn hotel room. Like, you just abandon him when he has no idea how to be a fucking human, and he is doing his best, and then the first thing you do after you kicked him out and make him homeless is to insult all of his choices? Get fucked! And uh, that's why I hated Dean this episode. Nice. Those are all valid reasons. I I did not really think about that uh, as it was like happening in front of me. But I was also like two glasses of scotch in, so uh, that I, that that uh, angle on it kind of passed me by. Mm. Maybe just, Dean was also a couple glasses of scotch in. Fucking probably. <laughs> Absolutely with, no with excuse. This, he was driving, so hope not. This, well. Don't drink and drive, guys. Yeah, don't drink and drive. Do as I say, not as I do. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I I would imagine Dean was a little lit. I mean, he's probably tired from all the mental gymnastics with all this Ezekiel shit going on. <sighs> Jesus Christ. I, Okay. <sighs> the Ezekiel thing. So I just want that shoe to drop so we can fucking talk about it. Yeah. Me too. I'm I'm ready. I'm like SpongeBob before anything. Ooh. I'm ready. I just uh, don't understand how Dean can like see the situation that Cass is in. And again, nothing wrong with working in a fucking gas station. There's nothing wrong with being a gas station clerk, except at least in America. Probably don't have benefits, and you probably don't make a whole lot of money. But They're that's fucking vital the to Hunter's existence. Oh, yeah. God, they really are. Like, where does Dean get his snacks? Gas where does he get his fucking yeah. shitty pie? Gas, station, gas station, Dollar General. Yeah. yeah. Like, or, you know, the gas that they use to drive across America in 12 hours. Mm-hmm. It's fucking... I just... Ugh, I just, it's so, it was so shitty. He was so shitty this fucking episode. And I know that it's supposed to be funny and charming and Jensen Ackles is a good actor. But, like, it would, 
it would require completely ignoring the context that is the rest of the season. And once again, we didn't fucking write this. You wrote this. Robert Barons that have written, you have written other things. What else have you written? Uh, Well, this was his very first episode of Supernatural. Oh, maybe he hasn't seen the rest of the show. That could be it. Uh, He previously worked on Kappa Mikey. Mm. What the hell is that? It is a faux anime that aired on, I can't remember if it aired on Nickelodeon or or Cartoon Network. But that was basically his first thing. What's it called again? Kappa Mikey. Kappa, like the creature. Uh... Oh, he only wrote three episodes of that. Um, he also wrote a sec- a portion of Ringer, three episodes of that as well. Hmm. And then he wrote 25 episodes of Supernatural, and he's written one episode of Doom Patrol. Hmm. And like I said, this was his very first episode of Supernatural. Hmm. So maybe it was just him being new to the show I fucking guess I no no I mean I guess I really don't know enough about TV and like the behind the scenes to see how it works but um you would think that somebody who was coming on a show would have watched it to know what was going on or gotten like a Maybe checked out the wiki or something? Nah. You know <laughs> how, wiki. like, you can get hired by Subway without having to know how to make sandwiches? Mm. They'll, like, teach you how to make a sandwich. I'm going to go on Indeed and look for TV writing jobs right fucking now. <laughs> can I go ahead and just hit you with the IMDb description of Ringer, which, by the way, is also a CW show? Mm-hmm. Uh, six months sober Bridget is key witness to a murder but flees visiting her identical twin who suicides suicides in quotes Bridget takes over her rich glamorous life glamorous married life in New York City out of the ashes and into the fire this show sounds hey guess what the writing is Ben <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to guess. Oh, you got it. It's like a callback to the earlier in the episode. Woo. Nice. Yeah, I don't I don't like that description at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. It just has suicides and then it's got quotation marks. Yeah, you know, one of those yeah. suicides. Eh? Kind of like the suicides in this episode. I don't know. I think I, I think I remember seeing like uh, trailers for this. I think I've seen somebody talk about it. Let's see, Ringer CW. Do you ever see a TV show and you're like, "This is not. This is not like who? No one's favorite show is fucking Ringer. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like there are television shows, who some of which I barely know anything about, and it's some people's favorite fucking television show like scandal you know yeah. some people some people are just like every time shonda rhimes comes out with a new television show i am 
there. And I respect it. Shonda Rhimes is a fucking TV, TV guru. How to Get Away with a Murderer was pretty good. I liked it a lot. Okay, I found a more in-depth description. Okay. Bridget is six months sober and getting her life back on track when she becomes the sole witness to a professional hit. Oh. She flees to New York City where she reunites with her estranged sister. Oof, goodness. Siobhan. C-O-S-I-O-B-H-A-N. It's Siobhan. It's Siobhan. Siobhan. It's a it's fucking it's Irish a, spelling. Huh? It's an it's a name from the Isles of Europe, parts of Europe, so, Irish, I guess. I don't know. So uh wealthy, pampered, and happily married, Shaban lives a fairy tale life. Just as the identical twins are mending their frayed relationship, Shaban disappears overboard during their boat trip, and Bridget decides to take on Shaban's identity. She discovers shocking, shocking secrets and not just about her sister and her marriage and realizes she's no safer as Shabon than as herself. That's from Anonymous. Dun, dun, uh, dun. <laughs> on, uh, oh, okay. This, this show is canceled. This, okay. I thought this show was ongoing. Oh, no. It lasted for one season. One season. Yeah. Also, pretty sure that not only was Mr. Barron's a writer on it, I think, is aren't Eric Carmelo and, or Charmelo and Nicole Snyder also Supernatural writers? Like, didn't we watch an um, episode from them? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, no. The CW this... is like, we have two actors and four writers, and we did make they... do. When this show got canceled, did they get hired on Supernatural? You know? When did this show run? That's the, In that's 2012, the question. They, they announced that Ringer was 2011 to 2012. They announced that it was canceled on May 11th. Thanks to the trivia on imdb.com. You know what? I think I think you're right. Like because I believe uh Carmelo and Snyder's first episodes were also this season. Also, I was fucking right. Oh no, Carmelo that Carmelo and Snyder wrote You Can't Handle the Truth and Oh yeah. a couple of season 6 episodes. So Right, 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 right. I okay, I remember we watched an episode from them recently and we're like Hey, this is actually isn't that bad. And then I saw they wrote, you can't handle the truth. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> Not that that's an indicator. You know, when you're right. writing for TV, I imagine it's a lot. I mean, they did write, my heart will go on. So not as, not as bad. Yeah. 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 It's great. <laughs> awesome. Oh, boy. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I just, I promise I don't hate Dean that much right now. Give it like another half a season before oh God. it gets real bad. But, um, yeah. I mean, it's not great. It, the gaslighting and the, the kicking Sam out or kicking Cass out of the bunker is, 
hoo boy, you know? Yeah. The Dean is really like, I'm very confused about how we are supposed to feel about Dean as the audience right now. Because it's very obvious that we are watching Dean lie through his teeth to basically everyone. Um, But at the same time, we are getting this like, ooh-woo, unproblematic fave vibe about him at the same time, like as well. So basically what you're wondering is how is Dean going to gaslight gatekeep girl boss's way out of this one? Yeah. As someone with future vision, I will go ahead and say this. I think we were supposed to take Dean as the complete fucking hero that the show is presenting, like wants him to be. Like, I really do think we're supposed to see him as this unproblematic fave. No. And I do think, God, I can't really talk about it because we're not there yet. We're not there yet. But, okay, I'll go ahead and say this, and this might be just the slightest spoiler, but I also think it's pretty obvious. So the shit that Sam is doing with Ezekiel and Sam, that is unequivocally fucked up, and the show agrees. Yes. For the most part. Yeah, because otherwise Dean wouldn't be lying about it so much. Yeah, like, and we wouldn't get so many fucking shots of Dean's, like, sad face while he has to come up with another lie about what a what a what a fucking badass he is you know and it's really ezekiel who did it while sam was fucking unconscious um so yeah the the show understands that dean has done a thing that is wrong and he is supposed to feel bad about it sort of kind of a little bit thinks about it a little bit you know yeah but we can't really go into it much more because in fact we have not gotten to the denouement of the whole fucking Ezekiel situation we're almost there though this is episode 6 Episode six, only, you know, however many. This is definitely going to be, at what point were we, like, kind of, our hands are washed of um, Benny in last season? Was it around this time? Uh, Not quite. Last season, so Benny gets introduced pretty early on in the season. We get, like, the obligatory backstory episode, oh, woe is me. Yes, I'm a vampire, but I'm one of the cool vampires. Um, But then the mid-season... Uh, break episode. The episode. Dying? No, that wasn't him dying, but it was him and Dean having a we are never ever getting back together conversation. Right. Okay, um, I gotcha. Yeah. And then uh, the next episode we saw Benny in, I think, was his death episode. Yeah. Right. But basically. And that was like, closer towards the end of season eight. Yeah. But so it was the mid season finale when it was the like oh, you know, Dean, I'll never see you again thing mm-hmm. until the end of season reappearance. Yeah. So I'm anticipating at least six more episodes of this bullshit. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. How are you feeling, Ben? 
<sighs> I really can't wait until the... I already said this joke earlier, but I really want the sh other shoe to drop because I'm tired of Dean lying through his teeth to, liter to literally everybody to maintain all of the other lies. Uh, I'm... Really annoyed that he isn't seeing what Ezekiel is doing, you know, because it's like right in goddamn front of him. See, uh, I go back and forth on Ezekiel's motivations, you know, like the show kind of wants to set up that Ezekiel is not a good guy and he is doing, you know, he's kind of like manipulating Dean, who then in turn manipulates everyone else in his life. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it seems like Ezekiel just genuinely wants to help Sam and Dean. And I don't know. I don't know which is true at this point. But that, again, is something we're going to have to kind of talk about when that shoe drops. Yeah. When we remake the show into, like, 10 to 20 decades. Or 20 to, 10 to 20 centuries, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I want to rewrite what Ezekiel does. I, I'm going to make it to where he doesn't ask Dean to kick Cass out. And then we completely change the arc from there. I am going to, this might be where we part as creative partners, Ben. Um, but are you, are you familiar with the book, The Princess Bride? Yeah. That was such a stupid question. Okay. I know you know the movie, you know it's based on a book, right? Yeah. Okay. So in the book, I think it's chapter four. Um, so for our listeners who don't know, William Golding wrote the book, The Princess Bride, before the movie came out. And the whole, like, shtick of that book is that this isn't a fairy tale or a fiction story. It is a story that William Golding was told from his father when he was a kid and he found the original writings from the writer who wrote it, who was a Florian, right? In this fictional fucking country. <laughs> and William Goulding is adapting it from the original writings. And he says that when he, when his father got to chapter four, what he always said was with one thing and another three years past, and William Golding's like, and I was surprised when I got to chapter four in the original book that, in fact, uh, there was shit written down, but it was all <laughs> super boring and unnecessary. It was like, because this is um, before Buttercup gets married to Humperdinck, so it's like talking about her coming to the castle and the wedding prep or, you know, wedding preparations. Basically, it's before Buttercup gets kidnapped. Yeah. Is, is really what it is. So it's talking about that and all that. And he's like, this is all super boring shit that goes into like very specific Florian politics that only the writer was really interested in. Um, so basically, with one thing and another, three years passed. And that's how I'm going to treat the Jer Jeremy Carver era of Supernatural. We're yeah. going to cut off at season seven. We're going to come back at season 12. And when people are like, what happened? During those intermediate years, I'm going to be like with one thing and another. You know, seasons eight, <laughs> nine, ten, and eleven passed. Honestly, I'm here for it. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about adapting the ZKL stuff. It's going to be cut. Yeah. Cut completely. I can, I can fucking dig that. We don't have to do all 15 fucking seasons. Fuck that you know, shit. 
you know, considering what the supernatural finale was like, let's not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what if we just, hey, what if we just adapted seasons one through five? What if we did that? Adapted, uh, redid. I, no, I say we do seasons one through five and then also 12 through 15. Yes, okay. Let's, we redo the good seasons. Yes. Yeah. I'm all right with that. Yeah. Uh, all of our fans who were like, I actually really like C- We're going to get letters from this, is what I'm saying. I nah. fucking doubt. I, I hope I we get letters. We I want people to tell me that they really enjoy this season, season six, and the next season. I want people to say that they do. I doubt you exist. Yeah. Literally, when we started doing this show, and I was telling people that I had never seen it before, and that was like part of the premise of the show, mm-hmm. everyone that I told about. They were like, oh, just wait till you get to season nine. Ooh. Ooh. Like, <laughs> that was everyone's reaction. So it, this definitely seems like the, uh, you know. You're starting to see what they mean. I'm starting to see what they mean on episode two, my friend. Oh, shit. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. So I'm going to just go ahead and be this this guy. Just a quick reminder that, you know, until the finale aired, the worst rated episode of Supernatural was in, epi- was in season nine. Oh, God. Yeah. So until the finale aired. Until the finale aired. And actually, that might not be true. Rated I episode. Don't know. I, I actually don't know if the finale is the worst rated episode, but it is, uh, let's just, pulling my collar. Yee, yikes. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, spoilers, spoilers. All right. What about, what, what else about this episode that we can be like, Hey, you know, this fucking episode. Um, Dean, his FBI, uh, his FBI name this episode was not a musician. Yeah, it was uh, an actor, right? It well, it was a character from Full Metal Jacket. Oh, uh, R. Lee Army. Yes. Oh wait, yeah. no, is that the actor? I'm pretty sure that's the actor's name because he would. Oh, okay. That, that, that may be a character, but I'm pretty sure that's the actor's name. Okay, yeah, it is the actor's name. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just thought that was interesting that oh, it wasn't yeah. a musician this time. Well, he was by himself, so it kind of makes sense. Because I feel like if you say, yeah, uh, I'm Agent Santana, they might see right through you. <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm Agent yeah, but Reznor. If you, <laughs> but if you walk up with Sam and say, hey, we're Agent Santana and Thompson, yeah. <laughs> no one bats an eye. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then the officer they're talking to is like, very smooth, gentlemen. Yeah. If he had said Agent Zappa, I would have asked some questions. <laughs> but if he said Agent Zappa, Captain Meathorn, or uh, Captain, God, what is it? That guy can't be the real Santana. I've never even seen him hold a guitar. <laughs> Who would be Santana in that situation? It would be Sam, right? Nah, I bet I, you. Know, I don't know. Nah. I mean, because Dean is the pretty boy, but uh, Sam is also the pretty boy. I was about mm. to say, you know, you know what they say about Jared Padalecki, a real uggo. 
<laughs> Fucking hideous. Can ugh, I, I tried to look him straight in the eyes, but I can't. Because he's so ugly. Uh, okay. Um, I will say one of the things I did like about this episode, going back to things I liked, is pretty much every Castiel scene, which you already did allude to. But um when Castiel uh basically Castiel has been tasked with babysitting. His the baby he is babysitting is named Tanya. I did not think people were named Tanya anymore. I didn't I thought think Tanya I thought they huh? just came into existence as like gym teachers. I right? that's yes, that is the very joke I was about to make. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. No, don't worry about it. It was good. I like great minds great minds think alike. Um, I, here's what the Freak of the Week is going to be on. The history of the name Tanya. <laughs> uh, Damn. no, just kidding. But, um, so the baby feels a little hot in the forehead. What the fuck am I saying? You know what I mean? That, you gotta yeah. come to this podcast every week and you gotta say your little words into your little microphone and you're just like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? What the I, fuck am you know I doing I mean? with my life? Yeah. What? How did, how, guys, this was only supposed to go for like three seasons. I mean, we really didn't think that anyone was going to listen and we were just going to be able to stop. And then here we are nine seasons later and I'm describing a baby as hot, you know, and nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about because we make pedophile jokes all the time. Okay. Anyways, Tanya has a slight fever and Cass panics and it's like, I'm taking her to the hospital you know, and I, I thought that scene was very Cass, um, a oh, combination yeah. of his inability to compute human things, but also just how deeply he really does care. Um, yeah. Honestly, make Cass a dad, you know what I mean? Just give him a baby, and I'm, I'll mean, be entertained. Cass is already into MILFs, so... Mm, yeah. That's true. What? Wait, wait. What? When is he into <laughs> MILFs? <laughs> Travis, I thought you did a read fanfic. This is crazy. <laughs> Have you been reading my self-insert fanfic? I mean, I'm not a MILF, but... I mean, I'm, I'm just saying... I'm a DILF. Cass was like, hey, you're a single mom who wants to go on a date. Fucking sign me up. Oh, shit, you're right. That does happen this fucking episode. Okay, I thought there was previous evidence. No, just this episode. I guess he is... I mean, the only known partners of Cass are, of course, Meg. Um, and that's it. Just a reminder, Meg and Cass definitely fucked, so... Yeah. You cannot tell me otherwise. Oh, they definitely fucked. Oh, they, they absolutely went to yeah. pound town. Pound chicka ow ow. Yeah. I like that. I also like that Cass is a good worker at the gas station. I mean, yeah. of course he would be, but, mm-hmm. you know, I everyone else like, is kind of fucking around, but Cass is somebody you can depend on. Well, it's a goddamn gas station. Of course, like, there's going to be one hard worker and the rest are just going to fuck around. Yeah. That's how those jobs go. Oh, also, Cass named himself Steve. Yeah. Yeah. I Steve. love that. It's just Steve. I feel I, maybe maybe Cass played a little too much Minecraft. Hey, if I could see Cass playing any video game, it would be Minecraft on peaceful. Yeah, or creative mode. 
I did like that Dean was the one that gave him the trick about goddamn acetaminophen for the baby. I'm going to miss... I'm going to misquote something that is truly a beautiful concept, and I'm so sorry, but I think it's too funny to pass up. Okay. Uh, God gave us Minecraft for the same reason he gave us wheat, but not bread, and grapes, but not wine, so that we could take part in the act of creation. And that's what Cass needs as well. Okay, anyways, that wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be, but I loved it. That's how it happens, man. Yeah, that is what it is. Half of my comedy sets are just me being like, guys, this is hilarious. And then a bunch of people being like, we don't get up. Who are you? <laughs> I, thought, I thought they said Ari Shafir. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Cass sings this episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. He sings. Um... The greatest American hero. Apparently he was supposed to sing Highway to Hell. But they didn't have the budget for it. Honestly, I kind of preferred this. Oh, or, yeah, for sure. Literally every other song. Highway to Hell is just two on the fucking nose. Yeah. It's a little obvious. Um, what are we thinking about uh, Crowley getting back on the human blood? Uh, I'm looking forward to where it goes. Mm. Like, my my thoughts are he is <coughs> going to be addicted to the emotions of being human. Or, like, when he <coughs> injects himself with human blood, I, what I'm imagining is it's basically going to be, like, demon heroin. Yeah. Where he loves the feeling of it. It makes him feel nice and warm on the inside. It's, I mean, demon blood is addictive to Sam, I guess. You know, it stands to reason that human blood would be addictive to other things. Yeah. Oh, um, and here's what got revealed this episode. So the whole reason why Sam and Kevin are even talking to Crowley is because they need a piece of the um, angel tablet translated, specifically the part of the spell that Metatron used to lock up heaven to try to find if there's a way to reverse it. And while Ezekiel and Cash should know how to read it. Wait, hold on. Why can't Kevin read it? Was that explained? Well, yeah. So apparently he was having some trouble getting it directly to English. So the best he could do was this early form of cuneiform. Oh, okay, okay. And the, uh, but then he didn't know how to translate that cuneiform into English. Right, 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 right. Um, so they needed Crowley's help because Crowley is a demon who has lived for a very long time and probably knows a lot of languages. But definitely not long enough to have used cuneiform, but that's okay. Right, yeah, we are getting a lot of, like, inconsistencies with Crowley's age. Also, yeah. again, like, the show was just like, we need a reason for them to need something from Crowley so that he has a reason to fucking exist, and they chose this, which is stupid, because I guarantee Kevin will not have any troubles reading any, like, words of God outside of the troubles he always has, which are, like, headaches and all that shit, you know? Mm -hmm. So, he just, yeah. Anyways... I don't understand how Kevin is just not constantly fucking 
going feral. Yeah. All the time. <clears throat> well, maybe that's what he was doing in um, in Missouri. In Branson. Yes, in Branson. Yeah. At I, the Dolly Parton restaurant. You know that Patton Oswalt joke that's like, we should stop celebrating birthdays once you get to a certain age, but once you turn 100, you should, every, every year on your birthday, you can kill someone. <laughs> Kevin yes. should be allowed to kill anytime he wants. Literally any person. Kevin gets free reign murders for the rest of his life. I think it's only fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the reveal of this episode is that there's no way to turn back the spell. There's no way to get the angels back into heaven or open it nope. up or whatever the fuck. Except for when we finally figure it out at the very last episode. Yeah. How Again, how are them Duke boys going to get out of this one? They ain't, according yeah. to right now. <laughs> but yeah, so they need a Crowley for that. Crowley used them to get human blood, and uh, we'll see where that goes. Anything else from this episode? Any interesting facts? Maybe some some trivia? Oh, let's see. The lullaby that Castiel sings to baby Tanya is actually the theme song to 80s TV show The Greatest American Hero from 1981. Um. There were so uh, during the episode, um, Robert Barons was live tweeting, mm -hmm. and he was trying to get people to find a specific uh, movie reference, and people came at him with Full Metal Jacket and Saturday Night Fever and um indiana jones I can't i can't get to the next page to see if anyone ever guessed it mm -hmm. but there were a lot of movie references there were a ton mm -hmm. this is another the guy who always writes the charlie's episodes in the making yeah yeah so the full as far as i can tell the full list of references is uh obviously the title heaven can't like it's based on heaven can wait um there was a silence of the lambs reference allegedly according to um supernaturalwiki.com they say when uh when I... dean says don't fall for any of that quid pro quo crap yeah but that doesn't necessarily have to be a silence of the lambs reference no um, but we mentioned before the Full Metal Jacket one. Um, there is a Saturday Night Fever reference. Mm -hmm. uh, that was when uh, Dean calls cast Tony Manero. Yes. And then apparently this one, I think this might have been it on Twitter. Um the hidden reference was to Alexander Payne's comedy Citizen Ruth because the baby was named Tanya. That is a stretch. Yeah. Ooh, I got a Charlie horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
that is, I mean, I'm looking at the tweet from Bobo Barons right now. Mm. I'm here to I'm here to tell you, Bobby does not know what the fuck he's talking about. And I get that he is more successful than I will ever be, but still. Um I'm gonna start playing a new game, and the game is this. When I get to an episode that would have made me stop watching Supernatural if I had continued it past season five and didn't have a podcast to do, I will point it out. I will point out that episode. (laughs) And I will say this, not that episode. Uh, But there have been some episodes of season nine that absolutely would have been that episode. So, I don't know, just keep that in mind. (laughs) Looking forward to it. Also, obviously, at the top of that list is the first episode of season six. Um, and then right under that is Man's Best Friend with Benefits. <laughs> Very close second. Very close second. But only in terms of badness. There are definitely some episodes between the first episode of season six and Man's Best Friends with Benefits that would have made me stop watching. For sure. For sure. <laughs> uh, no, we'll go ahead and put Man's Best Friend with Benefits right at the top. Right at the fucking top, you know? (laughs) That is, that is my new bugs, I think. Uh, that is, that is the thing by which I tell whether or not things, I could get COVID again. And I would judge it by how awful I felt watching Man's Best Friend with benefits. All right, here's a question, Ari. Yes. If you got COVID again, and the cure for it. Knock, knock, knock. Was to rewatch man's best friend with benefits would you rewatch the episode oh yeah absolutely right, with popcorn enough. with popcorn and hopefully <laughs> someone else who's never seen it before because misery loves company but also they have to have covid because oh you no know. it's just you rewatching it fucking a clockwork orange style oh okay. well not if i mean Yes, because I don't want to die. Wait, how how likely am I to die from this bout of COVID? I didn't like, think this through. So there's like, like a... I don't know. If you don't get rest, you'll probably like kick the bucket. I don't know. Okay, so... it so here. Okay, here's my answer. Okay. If it's exactly like last time, which for me was pretty easy peasy. No, that's not normal people. You know, no, that's not... It can be very deadly and stuff. Please get vaccinated and all that jazz. But, you know, for me, it was not that bad. Um, That I would probably just suffer through it as long as I could guarantee no need to go to the hospital, take up another bed, etc. Right? No breakthrough case in my my situation because I have been vaccinated. Okay. Um, If there's a chance I would go to the hospital, I would watch it again. Fair enough. Again, with popcorn. Uh, that I can't taste, but sometimes I just like to do something with my hands, you know. That's fair. Um, and then obviously, if I were on, if I were on death's door, I would absolutely watch it. Mm. Even if they did the stupid fucking Clockwork Orange Eye thing, but I hate that more than possibly anything. So I definitely don't <laughs> want anything near my eyeballs. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, Malcolm the... McDowell's got his eyes scratched up. Like I don't want that to happen to me. Oh yeah, it fucked his eye up for a bit. Uh, Stanley Kubrick, man. Woof. Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you 
that the, the episode that you're thinking of that is that was once rated worse than the finale is still rated worse than the finale. Oh, okay. Ah. So we all have that to look forward to. Let's see. Don't um, don't look for it, Travis. <laughs> worst rated supernatural episode that, of all time. Why the fuck are you hacker typing? Oh my god, it's all of them? <laughs> I figured that was gonna be the bit. <laughs> Let's look at the reviews for this episode. Heaven can't wait. Okay. Mm. Uh, seems to be a pretty, uh, honestly, mixed reviews. For a Supernatural episode, I'm going to call this mixed. Yeah. Um, you got your normal, your 10s out of 10s, your 8s out of 10s, your 9s out of 10. But you also got some 6 out of 10s. Um, which is pretty rare for an episode of Supernatural that is honestly not that offensive and legitimately kind of pretty good. Yeah. yeah, especially for an episode that kind of features heavily with Cass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Um, I will say, don't be fooled, Travis. There are definitely some Cass haters. I mean, there are people who mm. loved the Sam Dean brother vibe, and when Cass yeah. got introduced, they were like, fuck it, this show is terrible. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um, okay, I will read, uh, as per usual, a low-rated review and a high-rated review. Here's one called Another Monster Hunt! Exclamation point. Another Monster Hunt. Season 9 has another monster hunt which involves Cass. A side story of Cass's human life is redundant. I wonder if Cass's boss is something more than the character actually is. The Crowley side story reveals another dead end unless Crowley's lying. I believe Crowley is trying to become human. Either Crowley is trying to con the brothers in order to escape or wants to be a member of the Winchester group? Not a memorable episode, but needs to be watched. Heaven Can't Wait is a segue episode, which brings the subplots into the season 9's overall storyline. I wish they would bring Dick Roman back. 6 out of 10. Wow. There's a lot going on there. I would say this is not technically a freak of the week episode, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, there's a freak. I mean, like, Dean is on a case. Yeah. But I wouldn't call this a Freak of the Week episode. If anything, this is more directly related to the plot because it is dealing with an angel who has fallen from heaven. And then, you know, Crowley being like, well, there's no way to reverse it. Yeah. Uno's not going to help you now. You can't bop it your way out of this one. I'll stop. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Don't wake Daddy the Angel because he'll fucking kill you. Um, Shoots and ladders. Okay. Uh... Oh, God, all the the 10 out of 10 one is really long. I'm going to read a shorter one. Slightly, Um, slightly shorter. Can I read a 6 out of 10 review? absolutely can. Um, (laughs) God, I think this might be... I don't know if this is the worst. It's definitely got the least amount of helpfulness ratings. Um... Pointless episode with major issues. First, why would the angels, Cass, or Zeke not know the language? Okay, maybe we can believe that Metatron wrote it in a way that angels would not know, but why would it but why would a demon from the fifteenth century know more than angels? Just no. no. 
I like Cass, but I am sick of him a bit. His episodes seem the most forced story-wise. That pointless reefer sleeping with him and this woman who is the weirdest woman on earth gives control of her baby to a random man and says you are special for no reason. So uncomfortably forced. I didn't really like the Crowley thing, but it interested. I don't know what MOTW means. Monster of the Week. My, oh, okay. Monster of the Week was pretty good, but I am not liking the forced dumb plot of this episode. First of all... No. No. They, ha <laughs> they have a this. point. They have a point. Hold on. They're not completely wrong about some I things. will say they are wrong about Cass being just some random dude because it was established that... Uh, the lady, I don't remember her name, uh, is like Cass's manager and Cass has been working there for long enough to make like a, wow, you're the best employee here, uh, reputation. Yeah. So it's not just, Hey, I'm some random dude. That being said, it's, she is... Hey, you're my employee. I, and I trust you to do something for me personally. I will say, and it is mentioned in the episode that her normal babysitter canceled, but I yes. would still say that she is still the weirdest woman on earth <laughs> I don't for several reasons. One, she is vague as fuck when asking Cass to babysit. I still can't get over that yeah, and I possibly never either. will. Yeah. Um, two, she got super dressed up for a bowling date. Three. She agreed to go on a bowling date as a first date. That actually okay. sounds kind of fun. Yeah. I would also go on a bowling date for a first date, but not that dressed up. Yeah. That is at best a cash, a, at best yeah. business hey, cash. If you want to, if you want to know how to dress for a bowling date, just watch the big Lebowski. Yeah. If you want to dress like that, if or, you want to know how to dress for a bowling date, center around the shoes they give you to bowl in. Yeah, yeah there you go. Dress as a clown. That's what Artie is saying. Mm, yes, that is exactly also, what I'm I mean, saying. Bowling for a first date is pretty bold because I I don't know about y'all, but when I am drinking and bowling, I get fucking sweaty. Yeah. Like, and, it's a, bowling is a sweaty time. Yeah. And I get horny. So let me tell you. <laughs> something about sticking my fingers in all those holes gets me horny. Oh oh, yeah. oh. I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm gonna go ahead and say this. Most interesting character this episode, the guy Nora went on a date with. Who are you, strange mystery man? <laughs> Choosing bowling for her first date? I just that's awesome. Also, I'm I'm 100% convinced that it is Nora's fault that date didn't go well. This you know, guy sounds awesome. Yeah. I bet she went on a date with the sheriff. <laughs> nah, he, he was busy. He was busy trying to solve him a couple of murders. Oh no, that's why he never People. solved the murder. He was trying to get his dick wet after bowling. You know what? Good for him. Good for him. Okay. Here's a high review, a complimentary review of this episode. Hitting you with a 9 out of 10. New Angel Sect. I really liked this one. 
I liked the new angel sect that was introduced, and while I thought it would be like an assassin angel, for some reason that it was a medic angel was even better. The actor had a disturbing flesh-colored beard, however, which I was not a fan of. He was blonde. He was blonde. He had a blonde guy. His blonde beard. Unnatural. What the fuck. Disgusting. <laughs> Take it off. Poor Cass again, however. The jerk manager mom had to go on a date and lead him on. And that baby seemed too young for her to be out frolicking with someone. Who the fuck is this reviewer? They're so judgmental. I love this but I could, But I could be just bitter it wasn't Cass. Seeing Cass as a human hasn't lost its zeal for me. And I hope he does this all season long, going through the struggles of being mortal. Again, we have more dumb moments where Sam should be concerned that he's blacking out. Or, what, or that Keem, Dean keeps making light of it. Nine out of ten. I'm looking at their review history. I think this person is either like me or just someone I need to meet because at the top they've reviewed episodes of the league and we do also have to look like look forward to them reviewing future se- seasons and episodes of Supernatural. So oh I'm going to go ahead and say this. Um, we have read a lot of their reviews I won't say their username, but we have read a lot of their reviews. So they they review a lot on IMDb. And their reviews are always great. And also, I cannot get over two things in this review. One, how hard she is on the mom for going on a date. Like, she gets a babysitter. For real. Like, it is a baby. I get that. But she's a single woman. Like, this baby is a couple of months old. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I'm not if a the parent. the baby but... doesn't have to be breastfed anymore, you're good to go. Yeah. yeah, just leave it. Just leave it on the side of the highway. Who yeah. gives a shit? Also, if the baby needed to be fed, Cass has breasts. They're not real big, but he has breasts. I He's mean, got he nipples. Can milk anything. He can milk anything with a nipple is what that one movie taught me with Ben Stiller. I don't remember the name of it. Okay. Meet the parents. But, the other thing that is just so like holy shit is that the beard is not flesh colored. It's blonde. It's a blonde beard. <laughs> that reminds blonde. me. <laughs> that reminded me of a Pete Holmes bit about how there's like there's only two kinds of people with blonde beards. There's either like people with really big blonde beards and they look like kings, or serial killers. Yeah, mm, that's true. <laughs> flesh-colored beard. Oh here's, my god. Here's the thing. Blonde men make me uncomfortable too, but they can't help it. It's just a genetics thing, alright? It's not... Yeah. You know, there's nothing There's nothing wrong with them technically, other than everything. That explains um, a lot about our dynamic on this podcast. <laughs> it does. Uh, so, fun fact, the guy who plays Ephraim is named Ashton Holmes. Um, and he is in the movie a, St- a History of Violence. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, which is, in fact, a movie that is good. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. He's also in the HBO miniseries The Pacific. Cool. What? Did we watch? No, we watched Band of Brothers. <laughs> yeah. We did. I was oh, like, we okay, watched a World, World War, War II, II thing. thing for a yeah. Let's Ass one time. Couldn't remember which one it was. Both are produced by Tom Hanks. Maybe mm. we can watch another one. He's also and in the, the Dennis who... Quaid movie. 
the woman who plays the jerk manager mom is Tanya Clark, who's in movies like A Beautiful Mind and Inhumans and Glee. That's a so, hell she of acts. A... Hmm. That's a list. Yeah, yeah. That's a list. All cool. right. Any any final thoughts, comments, questions, concerns before we wrap this puppy up? Oh shit! The sheriff was in Apollo eighteen. Oh shit! Oh, fuck. We may watch that. Fuck. Wait, eighteen or thirteen? Eighteen. What? It's a. I think it's a horror movie. Oh, okay. I was like, there's an Apollo eighteen movie. Yeah. It's a. Here's the description. Decades old found footage from NASA's abandoned Apollo 18 mission. Oh. Yeah, okay, it's that movie. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all coming together. Yeah. Not the Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what? He was also in the Watchmen movie. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Travis, I'm moving on without us. The next episode is called Bad Boys. What's it about? Bad boys. What you want? Um, what you want? Bad boys. Um. Oh. So, this is gonna be a flashback episode where Sam and Dean—they're actually both in school. They're in the same class for some reason, which shouldn't be like whatever. It's fine. Um, but then they both get sent to the principal and when they get there, the principal is like, you two have been bad boys. And then Sam and Dean are like, fuck you. We don't even go here. And then they kill the principal. Yeah. All right. Stop describing Buffy, the vampire slayer. We know we're getting your plots. They're all right. I don't know. This wasn't Mean Girls. Oh, this is 100% mean girls, just not in the way you think. Oh. Well, Travis, I don't know if that's going to happen. But if it does, we'll talk about it next week on Hey Ass Butt. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you want to hear more from us, check out our website, Habcast.com, where you can find links to all of our social media at Habcast on Twitter and Instagram, and Hey Ass Butt, a supernatural podcast on Facebook. You can also find a link to our Patreon, where for $1 a month, you gain access to our Discord, and for $3 a month, you can get access to the other show we do, Let's Shag Ass, the show where we watch things that supernatural actors have been in that are, in fact, not supernatural. That is a super fun show. Just recently, we watched Percy Jackson and the Olympians, colon, the lightning thief, (laughs) comma, exclamation point. And, you know, it sure was a movie that we watched for that show. I can say that. Um, But, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time. Have fun. You you scarlet son of a bitch. And don't die. Bye.